Hey everyone, welcome back to Finding Christina. This is episode six. So it's been over, um, I won't say 20. I'm really bad with calendars and I just, I guess I need to work on being more prepared before I do these things, but then it wouldn't be spontaneous and it wouldn't be me. So, first episode came out the 19th, so we are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 days into this podcast. And I will say it has been so cathartic and um, so helpful in releasing so much stuff going on in my head that kind of just sits there and I think we are so bad as a generation about talking about our feelings um I think too many of us were taught to dismiss our feelings and not deal with them not process them to just again put them in a box put them in a closet and deal with them when you have time and the only the best time to deal with an emotion is when you're having it and being able to talk with you guys about all of the things I'm feeling and being so (laughs) just very open and raw about all of the thoughts that are literally just happening in my mind as I'm talking um has been great and so I appreciate every single one of you for checking me out and being consistent with me and following me on this journey it's been so great to talk to a lot of you and hear what you have to say about it so um I've had a few friends (laughs) that surprisingly reached out to me about their marriages and how they've been kind of just sitting in spaces of uncertainty and what that means, what that looks like, um, what next steps are, like what, what to do. And, um, I wish there was like a one size fits all kind of answer for that, but every situation is different. And, um, For me, it was just hard to leave because I felt that I didn't want to be the one who left. (laughs) I thought people would judge me if I was the one that left. So I just never... I will be honest, I don't think I ever had the strength to actually leave. I think I was always afraid to leave because of what people would say. Um, so I just, I didn't, I thought I was being strong, I thought I was being the better person, um, by staying and fighting when I really was just doing myself a disservice and I wasn't honoring my heart and I wasn't, I wasn't doing what ultimately was good for me in the long run. I was trying to just satisfy this desire to please people. And when you set out to satisfy and please other people, you're already on the wrong track. 
So, um, to those of you who are struggling with your marriage, I fully still believe that marriage is, um, is perfect. That when you're with the right person, it is perfect in the sense of you're not going to have to feel like you're sacrificing your life to make this marriage work. I think a true happy marriage is when you work together as a team and you solve problems together and you make each other laugh. You have that communication. You have those foundational um you have that foundation of good communication of understanding of patience and being on the same page of what you want and just being honest with each other if you already get off on the wrong foot and you're not honest with what you want with yourself how can you how can you be married and expect to have an honest marriage so i guess what i would say to those of you that are struggling with marriage right now is evaluate where you are in your marriage evaluate where you are in life and ask yourself it sounds so cliche you hear so many people ask you this but it's so true think of where you want to be in five years disregard the bullshit disregard what society says disregard what your parents say disregard what your brother your sister your your cousins whoever ignore every single voice except yours pause and ask yourself hey self (laughs) what do you want to do in five years where do you want to be in five years what what would be the most perfect version of yourself in five years no like if money was no issue if time was no issue if you could do if i handed you a pass that said you have every bit of knowledge you have every penny you have every tool in your tool belt to accomplish what you need in five years what would it be and i want you to write it down and i want you to think about the current choices that you are making and ask yourself if it brings you closer or further away from that goal so um i've been reading not a lot but i've been reading a decent amount of paul wagner's um books um i don't i hate calling them self-help books because i don't i don't like the idea of self-help i think that we all need source um god um more like that help comes from somewhere and it's not yourself um so i hate them being called self-help books but paul wagner um has this really great podcast called the power aesthetic if you haven't checked it out he's um he's very raw and very bold and very um very direct and brutally honest and i love that so much about um how he how he shares his thoughts his beliefs and his his systems of how he's gotten to where he has been and one of the things he talks about is your geometry and that's basically 
your goals and if your day-to-day choices do not line up with your geometry which is your core values what your goals are at the end of the day if you are not making choices that are taking you towards there you're basically like what he says is you're you can row in a kayak or a paddle but I forget which one he says but he basically says you're rowing and you can row as hard as you want but if you're going in the wrong direction it doesn't matter how hard you're rowing so look at what you wrote down look at the place you want to be if the job you're working isn't bringing you towards that goal change it if your eating habits are not bringing you towards that goal change it if your self-talk isn't bringing you towards that goal change it you and only you have the power to change yourself and that's what i'm learning every single day for so long i have been dependent on other people um because I was fortunate and blessed enough to have, again, a family that was able to provide for me whenever I needed it. My father constantly is helping me when I least expect it. And again, such a blessing. I'm so grateful that I have a father who can do those things for me. Um, However, it... That between that, my marriage and the place like just the mental headspace i've come from um from my past is that i've learned to just need to have people validate what i do um and so i depend on people's validation for me to move forward and i've always been a people pleaser and i always just want that confirmation that i'm doing the right thing from other people and that's so toxic for yourself you have to be your validation you have to give yourself permission to change you have to give yourself permission to take your thoughts captive and change them you are in control of your mind um i actually had an appointment with my psychologist today and he talks about how if you have a thought but you don't act on that thought you are literally creating a negative uh, a negative branch so if you think of the cells whatever your brain comes up with um i think they're called tendrites or something but the new tendrites When you think a thought, for example, we were talking today about how, like, I'm just in a place where I'm afraid to drive. If I keep, if I tell myself that I am going to be able to drive in 30 days, that I'm going to be a good driver again, that I love to drive, but I'm not actively driving, I am negating that thought with a negative action. So I'm saying I'm going to be a good driver in 30 days, but I'm not driving. I am basically being a passenger because one, I haven't decided on a car I want, and two, I'm just, I still get major anxiety being in a car. Um, So by not actively going to go sit in a car and driving around the block or doing something to negate the fear that I have, you are creating a negative 
branch in that tendrite and it creates more negative branches and it creates more negativity in your brain that are stemming from that. So if you have a thought and you act negatively in that thought. So another example would be if you say in your mind, yes, I am beautiful, but then you look in the mirror and you go, oh, I am, you're so fat, you're gross, you're ugly. You're negating that thought because you're not taking a positive action towards that thought. So positive action for these thoughts would be, I'm beautiful in my mind. I go in the mirror and I look at myself and I say out loud, you are beautiful. You are great. You are enough. Having those self-affirmations and then also like me saying, okay, I need to drive in 30 days. I'm going to be a great driver in 30 days. I need to be actively every day sitting in a car driving and, and getting rid of that fear by by being put back into an environment that I was once comfortable in that now to me I'm just hyper vigilant in so <laughs> look at each area that you feel like you're lacking in your life and if you're not working towards <laughs> those specific goals How can you expect anything to change? If you're on a road trip, and so I'm in Florida, if I'm leaving Florida and I'm trying to get to Maine and I don't have a map, I'm just aimlessly driving, okay, yeah, I I know I need to go north, but north from Florida can be literally any other state. So without guidance and without a set destination and a roadmap to guide you there, you're going nowhere. And that's why you have anxiety. That's why you have these anxious thoughts because you're worried about a goal that you're not working towards. So the other thing that's important is to be honest with yourself. Stop playing the victim. Stop thinking that the world owes you something. Stop thinking that your job owes you something. Stop thinking the government owes you something. Stop thinking your parents, your family, your friends. Nobody owes you shit. Nobody. And you owe it to yourself. You owe it to yourself to change your diet. You owe it to yourself to get out of the shitty marriage if you want to get out of a shitty marriage. You owe it to yourself to be the best version of yourself you can be for your family, for your kids, for your future kids, your future family, for yourself. If you aren't the best version of yourself, what are you doing? You're living a life of mediocrity and literally nowhere in the Bible does God call any of us to be mediocre if you believe in source the universe whatever again it is nowhere in in those lifestyles in those spiritual paths do they call you to be mediocre we are all called to greatness and we think that there's not enough greatness or that there's not enough wealth or that there's not enough power or there's not enough whatever fill in the blank here to go around or that you're not worthy of that You are not worthy because you believe you are not worthy. I struggle with that thought so much. So please hear me when I say I know what that feels like. I know what it feels like to not feel like you're good enough. I know what that feels like to not feel worthy of anything. And it doesn't matter what 
anybody else says, you have to be worth it for yourself. If you don't find your own worth in you, how can you expect anybody else to? Nobody else can validate your worth before you do. God already validated you. God sent his son to die for you. So therefore, you are worthy. Regardless of what anybody says, you are worthy. You are good enough. You know, because the one that ultimately matters has already made the decision. So if you believe, again, if you're a Christian, you believe in God, you're already enough. Stop trying to perform for other people. Stop trying to prove anything to anybody. You have nothing to prove to anybody. You only have yourself. So this is still going to advice for people who are in like, a marriage that they're not sure they want to be in they're not sure like what to do obviously i'm not saying if it's an abusive marriage and you know you're <laughs> you're being physically harmed sexually harmed whatever you need to get out of there you need to do whatever you need to do to get the fuck out um <laughs> also i think it's important to define a shitty marriage because if you're defining a shitty marriage as he doesn't take the the laundry to the laundry room or he doesn't take the trash out or she doesn't suck my dick, whatever it is, that was very... I was just trying to think of <laughs> I think I'm going to have to raise up. I might keep it because that's very me. But like, she's not doing whatever. Like, we all... <laughs> sorry i really need to learn to watch my mouth i'm too vulgar sometimes you know what again that's just me whatever she's not satisfying me she's not making dinner she's not again we all do shit okay we all suck we all do we all are not perfect and so i think it's important to define what a shitty marriage is too if you are just not on the same page with life goals family goals financial goals then yeah what are you doing you need to be on the same page if you want to live in europe and he wants to live in texas and neither of you are willing to change your minds then yeah what are you doing there's really no compromise there it's important again honesty is just it's such a huge thing If you can't be honest with each other and say, hey, these are the issues I think we're having. What do you think? And you can't have an open conversation about that. That says a lot. I think before giving up, always seek a counselor. Um, I was a huge... I was the one advocating for marriage counseling when we were getting divorced. And I thought like it would be helpful and I'm not saying it's not I have a lot of friends who did go to marriage counseling and had great results with it sometimes you do just need an outside set of eyes an outside set of ears and an outside perspective that's not biased to give you something to work on together Um, because sometimes we just lose sight of you know what's important to us so that would be my so one if you're in an abusive marriage just get the fuck out Two, if you haven't sought counseling, seek a counselor. Three, what's three? Hmm. We asked to define a shitty marriage and then see a counselor. So my final suggestion would be 
I have a lot of friends who are afraid to leave because of a vow they made to God. Because they say that in the Bible that God God there is a verse in the Bible that says God hates divorce and um actually what it says is divorce breaks his heart. It doesn't say God hates divorce. Um so we can't put how am I trying to say this because I'm trying to articulate how I felt when I first read that verse it broke my heart to think that I'm gonna get a divorce and God's gonna hate me meanwhile forgetting all the other things I've done from God to possibly hate me we take the bible and we use it as this strict rule book of rules to follow and we forget that again while yes this book is guidelines for us to live a life where we're not getting hurt in ways god doesn't want us to get hurt because when we hurt and we experience those consequences of sin it breaks god's heart And so he doesn't want us to experience those hurts. And so he has these rules in place to prevent us from feeling those hurts. And so divorce hurts God because his purpose for marriage was to be just the two of you, just man and wife, and for it to be sacred and perfect because it was made in the image of God in the church, you know, and, and that connection between a man and his wife is supposed to be so sacred and so wonderful and so beautiful and by making that covenant it's supposed to be forever and that's that's not to say that if you get divorced that God's gonna smite you or like send you to hell that's that's not what he's saying at all it's just that there is so much from divorce that you don't understand unless you've been through it um divorce is so hard it is it is the most soul crushing thing that i can think of um that i've experienced you know um i can't say that i've experienced you know worse things than most you know this is just based on my life experience and i'm not negating anyone else's life experiences um these are just my feelings and my thoughts you know i've experienced you know two miscarriages i've experienced you know death um suicide i've i've witnessed so many terrible things um that divorce is definitely one of the things that i wouldn't wish on anybody um because while I can be thankful for it now going through it was the hardest thing I've ever done and I say that because it's living in this state of limbo it's living in this state of uncertainty and and fear almost that you really think this is gonna break you you really think this is gonna be the end especially if you're on 
if you're the one wanting the marriage to work out if you're the one that wants the marriage to work out it's like this feeling of hope like you're holding on to hope that somehow some way they'll <laughs> this light bulb will go off and they'll come back to you and things will be better and there's this hope that things will be better and it's like mourning the death of someone who is still alive is a great way to explain it because that's exactly what you're doing you're mourning the death of someone who you used to wake up to every morning you're mourning the death of someone who you used to love and have dreams with and have ambitions and goals with and it's like waking up one day and you look over and there's a complete stranger in your bed or there's no one there at all and again please like don't hear what I'm not saying like I'm so beyond grateful I'm so grateful that I'm not married to him anymore I am so grateful that I don't have to be put through the things um that he is into that he wants to do that's not a lifestyle that I want to live and um I'm so thankful for that. Getting to this point was not easy, though. Um, I remember waiting by my phone every day because he used to send me good morning messages, you know, every day and, you know, tell me I love you and... I kept waiting for those messages again. I kept waiting for an apology. I kept waiting for him to say he was wrong and that he's sorry that he hurt me. And I'll never get that apology. I'll never get closure from that. And I think that's the hardest part too is accepting an apology you're never going to get. Divorce sucks. The process sucks. Thankfully, we didn't... um, We didn't have any assets or anything that we needed to divide. Um, That was the easiest part of the divorce was signing the papers. (laughs) But even then, I wanted... I was so angry with him that even then I wanted him to hurt and I wanted to I wanted to make him angry and I wanted him to feel the pain that he that he caused me and ultimately I don't think it did anything um the guy I was dating at the time um I asked him to come over and be there because I just I didn't know what it was going to be like having him there. And so Brandon, the guy I was dating at the time, came over. 
and in my mind this was this is literally I'm telling you like how manipulative I was and how like how vengeful I was and all I wanted to do was Bobby to know like I'm fine that I don't need you that I'm perfectly fine without you that you're missing out that you I just had this agenda in my head that you would see me with this person that you would see that it's already been a couple of months I'm fine get out of here I don't need you and that's not what happened he didn't care he didn't care at all and I think that's what hurt I ended up hurting myself by doing that because I had this expectation that he would somehow see this this new relationship that I'm that I was in and well, we were just dating we weren't really in a relationship then um that he would see that oh maybe I am making a mistake maybe I am making a mistake and it hurt even more knowing that he didn't care and again when you're with somebody for so long and you think that they care about you and they love you so much and then one day it's literally like a light switch from on and off I (laughs) I don't know I don't know I really have no idea where I was going with that. Divorce just sucks. And for anybody considering divorce, I would hope that that's your last resort. I hope that you give everything else a solid try from having conversations to trying to rekindle your your love life to every everything you can possibly imagine before divorce because again the emotional trauma it causes you that you end up living with and having to deal with every day like even two years later like that's what I am so hard on myself with I'm so hard on myself in September is gonna be two years that he he moved out in April it'll be two years that we're we're divorced and while I'm not I'm not as bad as I was two years ago I I know I'm moving towards healing and I'm more healed now than I was then it's so crazy to me to think that this still plays a role in the choices that I make in relationships the choices I make personally because I still hear that voice in my head that I'm not good enough and part of that voice is because of him and that is something that I, I struggle with every day that I try to work hard at not listening to. And there's just so much emotion behind a divorce that you're not 
prepared for, especially I can't speak for being the one that is initiating a divorce. I can't speak to that. I don't I don't know what that emotion is like. I don't know what that what that looks like. I just know what it looks like being the person that was left and that was on the other side of um receiving divorce papers. Um I have friends who have been the ones that initiated the divorce, but I was also there to understand too like that they did everything that they could and that it's not easy for them either you know it's 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 a process for both sides and I'm only speaking again to my experience and hopes that it helps somebody out there with um the situation that they're going through whether that's considering a divorce going through a divorce a rocky marriage like whatever that is for you right now um I hope you don't have to experience divorce, but know that it's not the end of the world. There is so much more joy. I, after the last couple years, I've I've never been that lost. I've never been that dark um, before and finally getting to this place where I see the light at the end of the tunnel where I can like see that I'm making progress towards that light to being the best version of myself that I can be it's been a long hard road it's been a very dark painful road and if I can spare you the pain of going down that dark road I would, but if that's the choice that you have made or if that's the path that you're on, know that nothing is coincidence. There's there's just no such thing as coincidence. Everything works itself out for good. It just does. I can't give you scientific proof that that's what it is. I just know again from from my belief in God that even even the terrible shit God has shown up in ways to me that I never have anticipated I never anticipated I never anticipated that from a divorce I would feel so much happier now than I did while I was married so much more alive so much more free to be who I want to be who I need to be and it breaks my heart for women and men who are in marriages that suffocate who they are and not being who they're meant to be and um I want you to be the best version of you, whatever that looks like. Only you can decide what's good for you. Like I said, I I would love to spare you the pain of divorce if you don't have to. But again, that's 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 really only something you can answer for yourself. Um 
I remember praying to God almost every night to just like to just let me die because I really thought that this divorce was going to kill me I had no idea what a life without my husband looked like I had just quit my job and everything just felt like it was crumbling beneath my feet and again like I know I used this analogy before and so hopefully this resonates with you again is that sometimes you just have to start over from dust and dust is often what we need to start over dust is what God used to create man he could have used anything in this world to create man but he chose dust and when God breathes life on dust creation happens man happens imagine what he can do with yours you are not the exception to the rule you are this sounds cruel but you are not that special you are not that special that god made a special rule for you that says everybody gets what they want or everybody gets to be happy except you that's not a thing so i hope that helps for the people who are struggling with marriage and divorce um it's hard it really is and I'm going to continue to talk about it until (laughs) I'm in a better place from it you know that's just part of what sucks the life out of me some days that's part of the lie that I am working very hard every single day to fight through the I'm not good enough so it's fighting that lie it's not feeding it every day and when it comes up bringing it to light don't let your fears don't let these lies sit in the dark and let them fester it's like mold if you let mold just sit there it just keeps growing and until you bring the mold into the light excuse me until you bring the mold into the light and you're taking steps to destroy the mold it's gonna keep growing so I'm choosing to actively bring that lie into the light. It's a lie I I hear every day, but I have to stop and I look in the mirror and when I hear that lie, I'm not good enough, I look in the mirror and I go, no, I am enough. You know, um, my nutritionist asked me this question a couple of weeks ago and she said, Christina, if you could do anything, basically the same thing I asked you earlier if you had a free pass to do whatever it is you wanted to do what would you do and I didn't have an answer because for so many years my weight was what kept me from doing what I wanted to do my marriage kept me from doing what I wanted to do because anything I wanted to do within my marriage I had to make sure my husband could participate or would want to participate and then my weight was another factor too like if I wanted to go hike a mountain I couldn't do that because when you're 280 pushing 300 pounds you can't hike a mountain you I mean sure you can but it's not an enjoyable experience so 
I didn't have an answer for her. And I went home and I thought about it and I finally came up with a few answers. And for me, this is me just speaking it out into the world. So, Questy, if you're listening today, here it is. I'm going to say it and you'll be, you'll love it. Um, if I had, I'll just do the five year thing. In five years, I would want to see myself as a New York Times bestselling author. I would want to see myself as the most healthy version of myself. I want to be under 190 pounds. Um, I want to have a vacation home or a second home in Lake Tahoe, California. And I would want to be in a relationship with the person that I'm supposed to spend the rest of my life with. So those are my five year, if I can have whatever I want, dreams, wishes, goals. So I'll use this to hold me accountable and we'll see where we are in five years. Um, but the reason I wasn't able to say that with her there was because I didn't have the confidence to do it because like, again, for years, like I didn't have the confidence to speak out what I wanted. I didn't, I write a lot. And so I, I finally had the courage to let one of my friends, a couple of my friends read, um, the story I'm writing and I didn't think it was good enough. I honestly was like, yeah, this is garbage. I hope they both tell me that (laughs) this sucks and I should just stop writing. And surprisingly enough, they both, they both separately said, Christina, this is, this is great. I can't wait to see where this story goes. This is is a great story. It could be a New York Times bestseller. And I was like, "Uh uh-uh, no, no, don't speak that out there. Don't want that. But then I, the more I thought about it, I was like, that would be amazing. That would be great. But then I was like, no, there's no way. I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not thin enough. I'm not whatever enough. I'm not enough to have that. And so I'm combating that fear of I'm not enough to be a best-selling author by continuing to write. I'm spending 10, 15 minutes a day soaking in that book soaking in those thoughts whether it's writing down notes of things that I want to do with the book or just proofreading the book if I don't have something active that I'm writing in there I want to just spend 10-15 minutes being absorbed in it so I don't forget what I'm working on for my health as you all know I'm trying to be the healthiest version of myself in five years so that means losing the weight so even this is funny. I was too afraid to take a before photo because I was like, this is disgusting, Christina. You look terrible. So I didn't even want to take a freaking before photo. Um, and I wish I did. So I started, I think I started at like 242, I'm I really hate that I didn't. I think it was like around 242. Um, 
so we'll say 242 for now if no i don't think she wrote it down okay we're saying 242 um today i hopped on the scale and i'm at 235 so i know that the protocol is working i know my gut is doing better i know like i'm just feeling healthier i don't feel as negative i don't feel as down i don't feel as dark i don't feel foggy i do feel like i'm making better choices for my health um food wise and i do feel better like again do i want garbage right now like i'm definitely having a cheat day i think i think i know i'm gonna have a cheat day when this protocol's done um i I know in order to be healthy that that's not a number on a scale. Health is measured by your vitality of life. Like are you living happily, joyfully? Are you living the best version of you? Like are you happy with where you are? And again, that's not a number on a scale. Like I Yes, being over 200 pounds and 5 feet tall is not healthy at all. Like, I was pre-diabetic at one point. Again, I had PCOS. I I had other, like, health concerns because of my weight. And because you're overweight, there are more health concerns. And that's just facts. That's just science. Like, yes, there can be body positivity. Yes, you can love your body. But you have to be responsible for what you put in your mouth. Garbage in, garbage out. I'm going to say that so many times, I feel like. (laughs) But making these choices, I even like purged my entire bathroom the other day because I realized how much poison and chemicals are in my hair products, in my makeup, in my shampoo, my conditioner. And you're literally putting this stuff in your body every single day. Um, So I'm making those choices to go completely organic and only put in my body things that are good for my body um so that's what i'm working towards to be the better version of myself um to have a house in lake tahoe um i'm hoping that in the next year or so i'll be able to rent out my house here in florida and that would pay the I would that would pay what I have on the house and then be able to put a down payment on a house in Lake Tahoe and I would love to live there during the fall and summertime and then during the winter I hate the winter I hate the snow I hate all of that stuff so I'd rent it out during the winter and ski months so you winter people can enjoy it um but that would be, I'm actively saving money too, um, in order to be able to do that. And finally, being in a relationship. I guess I'm not actively working towards that yet. I guess I want to be the healthiest version of myself too. And so I know in order for me to be confident, I just want to lose more weight. And right now I'm just not in a place where I care to be with anybody. Um, I want to enjoy this journey on myself. So maybe that is an active way that I'm working towards that is I want to be in the healthiest mindset and the healthiest body that I can be for my person. 
and when he comes into my life I want him to be the healthiest version of himself too and so if that means God's working on him right now and we're just not meant to meet or be together right now then so be it I want us to both be healthy flourishing and thriving in life and not be codependent and needy and just not healthy I want us to both be in healthy places where we can help each other thrive and not die um so yeah um I think that's enough for tonight guys I might I might actually do another one tomorrow I think there's more stuff I want to talk about and kind of go through but we'll see how I feel in the morning um but that is the end of tonight's episode thank you guys so much for hanging out with me tonight thank you so much for spending the time with me i appreciate your ears i appreciate you listening and as always we're gonna insert future popular influencer new york times bestselling author influence information here and that is to like subscribe and leave a comment below i hope you guys have a great night be safe be blessed